0: You are Locked On SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
1: What's up, everybody? Welcome to Locked On SEC. Great to have you guys along on today's show. Could five star tight end Eric Gilbert be staying at LSU? We'll let you hear the latest from Coach O. We'll also catch up with Michael Casagrande from AL.com. We'll get his thoughts on Alabama so far through their spring practices as well as other teams across the SEC. And you'll hear from Georgia quarterback J.T. Daniels on how the team is handling with the loss of George Pickens. And Lane Kiffin will tell you who he's been most impressed with so far at spring practice over at Ole Miss. I'm Chris Gordy. Be sure to follow Locked on SEC for free wherever you get your podcast. You'll get the latest episode of this podcast as soon as it comes out each and every day. All right, let's go around the conference. Boots out to the right. Makes the
0: handoff. What a catch! Around the conference.
1: Recently, former LSU tight end Eric Gilbert returned to Baton Rouge talking to his old school, weighing his future options. Gilbert entered the transfer portal after a strong freshman season, committed to Florida before backing off of that pledge. Now he is considering LSU again, and Coach O spoke Tuesday about Eric Gilbert's latest visit.
0: You know, uh, Eric did come. Uh, We had a very uh,
1: good meeting no, uh, there's been no decision been made. He, he was happy. It was, everybody was happy to see him. Uh, we checked with compliance to make sure that everything that was doing was going to open up, up. When he come meet him, he, he could come talk to us. Uh, he left. He hasn't made a decision yet, had not told us anything yet. I think it's still up in the air, but it was, very, it was a very positive day when he came. Gilbert had 35 catches for almost 400 yards and two touchdowns for LSU, playing in eight games for the Tigers be good news for them if they can get eric gilbert back in the fold not so good news for the school lsu the u.s department of education's office of civil rights is opening an investigation into whether or not lsu is in compliance with the requirements of title IX. at the heart of the investigation is lsu's handling of student complaints of sexual assault starting during the 2018 year and continuing to the present so that'll be something worth keeping an eye on over in Tuscaloosa, Alabama's A-Day is coming up in a couple weeks and their seating capacity limits are still unknown. They will make a decision on Friday what the actual number will be. Tickets are $5 for the first time uh, this season as the A-Day game will be played on April 17th at Bryant-Denny Stadium. AD Greg Byrne speaking yesterday said, we should know Friday what the capacity will be. We're looking forward to getting a chance to get everybody together within what we're allowed to do. Many people believe it'll be still somewhere in that same capacity of what it was with COVID last year, somewhere around 25%, but maybe a little bit higher than that. We'll see. Over at Georgia, quarterback JT Daniels spoke with the media yesterday and discussed the loss of wide receiver George Pickens and how they're going to fill his void this year
0: first thing I think he's got to be there for George the person uh, more than George the player and as, as a person who's torn his ACL uh, and had a you know catastrophic knee injury first thing I did was to check in on him make sure he's okay and uh, I think the biggest thing for him is that uh, I keep uh, I think his two biggest strengths are his confidence and his uh, his love of football so I, th- I think it's going to be big for him to and big on me to you know make sure he keeps those two things uh, central to him in terms of other receivers uh, obviously, yeah, we have a we have a we have a loaded receiver room, um, and and it's great to see some of the young guys, J. Rob, uh, Jermaine. Before you know, just a little me thing. Uh, D. Rob's been stepping up. Kyrus is always Kyrus. Uh, you know, you, you have a great receiver room, and as much as you hate to lose George, and you do, and there's there's no understating that. Um, you know, you got a lot of guys that are going to work their butt off and you know try and develop and produce you know in any way they can.
1: Yeah, Kieris Jackson and. Jermaine Burton, two guys who can really step up and fill that void. According to Seth Emerson of the Athletic Georgia Safety, Christopher Smith says he's put on 10 pounds and is aiming to be closer to 200 pounds by the start of the season. He was listed as 180 last year, and he said he wants to get his weight up to play tight ends a little bit better and be able to come down and tackle the bigger running backs. Over at Ole Miss, head coach Lane Kiffin talked about what he's seen out of his team so far in spring ball, and he said he's been very pleased with the progression of the defense.
0: I've been pleased with our defense, the winning explosive plays, um,
2: attitude, confidence, you know, which is a big key for us. On offensive, we have a lot of players out, really all around, especially skills. So it's not helped the quarterback play, obviously, but very pleased with a lot of a lot of guys on defense, returners and new, new guys. I feel like whatever it's worth in practice, we feel like a different defense than a year ago. Of the freshmen, you know, a number of them, um, are doing great things. I think mean, Ty Sheen has really, you know, like coaches say, kind of doesn't seem like a freshman, which has been great. Um, he's played a number of positions, so um, a lot of those guys are doing a great job.
1: Yeah, Ty Sheen Johnson, four-star safety that uh, committed to Ole Miss. Their big Achilles heel last year was the defense, and so if Ole Miss's defense can be even a little bit better this year, that's going to mean good things for Rebel fans. Over in Knoxville, Tennessee freshman quarterback Caden Salter has apologized for being suspended for spring football practice. He put out there yesterday on Twitter, I just want to take this opportunity to apologize to my team, my coaches, Vol fans, and my parents for my negative choices. I know my choices disappointed many, but my end goal is to eliminate my distractions, get on the field, and earn my respect back. He was one of four players suspended after an incident at Stokely Hall in early March. Martavius French, Isaac Washington, and Aaron Willis are set to appear in court April 12th on drug-related misdemeanor charges. French and Willis face misdemeanor charges simple drug possession. Washington faces a misdemeanor charge of possession as well. The UT Police Crime Log lists uh, the arrest of a person under the age of 18 and at least one misdemeanor drug charge related to the incident. Salter, who was 17, was the minor who was arrested. One other not-so-savory incident at Tennessee we told you about earlier this week. Linebacker Aaron Beasley was cited for animal cruelty on Tuesday after allegations of cat abuse. Uh, Apparently he had an incident involving another student's cat, a six-month-old kitten. The alleged incident has reportedly suffered brain damage and severe trauma. So he's officially been uh, suspended indefinitely by the team. Over at Texas A&M... Defensive tackle Jaden Peavy said the Aggies football team will have the opportunity to get the COVID vaccine starting this Friday. Peavy said he's very excited. Meanwhile, fellow senior D lineman Josh Rogers announced he will finish his college career elsewhere. Rogers has earned his degree, so he will leave College Station as a grad transfer will be immediately eligible at his next school. He was a reserve player during his time at the Aggies, racking up just five tackles and a sack in his time at College Station. Over at South Carolina, according to the Post and Courier, D- Courier Darla Moore, who is the school's largest benefactor, sent an angry letter to the South Carolina Board of Administration, criticizing the school for not reaching out after the death of her mother. She said she received many messages from Clemson. In a scathing letter to the USC Board and Administration, Moore said her family received deep expressions of appreciation and recognition for the f- from the faculty and leadership of Clemson University. Moore has donated upwards of $75 million to South Carolina, and the business school bears her name. She also was reportedly angered by the school's decision to hire Bob Kaslin as university president. So it remains to see if they can repair that relationship. But if I'm the higher-ups in South Carolina, I'm on the first plane to her house saying, Hey, uh, what can we do to fix this relationship as you continue adding $75 million to our university? Quick recruiting note, two SEC schools cracked the top six for a big-time five-star 2002 recruit safety Jacoby Matthews out of the state of Louisiana. Two of his final six schools are from the SEC. No surprise, LSU is in there, as well as Florida, competing with the likes of Clemson, USC, Arizona State, and Texas. Got to think LSU would be the shoe-in to get him, but we will see five-star safety Jacoby Matthews. Uh, some news out of Vanderbilt yesterday as uh, they officially fired women's basketball coach Stephanie White. She uh, spent five seasons in Nashville, compiling a 46 and 83 overall record. They initially said that she was they were going to retain her, but uh, Stephanie White has now been fired at Vanderbilt. And one more note: Alabama basketball. Their 2021 recruiting class is up to number three in the 24/7 composite rankings. They added four-star center Charles. Betty Iaco yesterday, so congrats to them. Speaking of Alabama, when we come back, we're going to catch up with Michael Casagrande of Ale.com. We'll get his thoughts on Alabama spring ball so far, but we'll also go around the SEC, get his thoughts on Florida, Georgia, among others around the conference. We tell you guys all the time, Built Bar is the best-tasting protein bar out there. They've got tons and tons of amazing flavors. And they are bars covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew, but loaded with protein. They are low in calorie, low in sugar, high in fiber— High in protein. I tell you guys all the time, my favorite is the cookies and cream. 17 grams of protein packed in there, only 130 calories. It is a great alternative to any of this other junk that you're eating mid afternoon. For those of you who work from home or have office jobs, you know what happens late in the afternoon. You had lunch, but still, you know, you're going home for dinner. You need something to snack on. Go for a built bar. They are low in calorie and, like I said, loaded with that protein. If you just started working out, or you're doing the, you know, small ten pound, fifteen pound weightlifting at home. This is the perfect thing to take. That'll help supplement and, you know, hopefully help add muscle to your body if you need it. But uh, you can never have enough protein, and built bar is loaded with those. Go to builtbar.com and use our promo code locked fifteen. You will get fifteen percent off your next order. Use the promo code locked fifteen for fifteen percent off at builtbar.com. Hey, get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with Locked On Today. Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of some of our local experts. Follow Locked On Today on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Roll along here, locked on SEC, and uh, always fun to catch up with the guys out at AL.com. I say this all the time, they do it better than anybody covering uh, things, all things uh, Alabama, but also all things across the SEC. Our buddy Matt Zenitz, who we've had on the show before, does a fantastic job. And this guy, I've enjoyed reading him for a long, long time and uh, met up with him at SEC Media Days many years ago. And I was surprised to see that. He's going on his eighth year now, working at AL.com, covering uh, Alabama and uh, all things uh, college football. Michael Casagrande joins us now. Michael, eight years already covering the SEC here.
2: Yeah, well, I guess it makes eleven if you count the three years I covered uh, at a smaller place, Alabama, before I came back. So yeah, crazy,
1: crazy how quickly the time goes by. Um, let me just start with this. I, I wanted to ask you because you know we saw the baseball world come back to uh, play this week and. You know, Texas Rangers had a hundred percent fans at opening day, and you know, right or wrong, agree with it or not, it was it was part of it was like shocking to see, but part of it was like, wow, fans at a, at a game. Uh, how hopeful are we for SEC football and, and fans in the stands come September this fall? Yeah, I mean that's
2: that's where um, that's the goal uh, that that they're setting. That Alabama, you know, several schools have, have indicated that's the plan. Um, I think. I mean, a lot of that was those messaging went out at strategic times of the year when, when ticket uh, deposits were due and such. So, um, you know, I think it's it's still a fluid situation. I don't, you know, I'm I'm bad at the prediction game when it comes to what public health will look like in a few months. But um, you know, I, I think that's that's the goal. I think that's the best way um, to put it. And uh, we'll see how things work out. Um, you know. Getting people vaccinated and everything, reaching those sort of uh, those milestones that that are kind of required for all this to to be a hundred percent.
1: Yeah, the good news is, is it seems like we're trending in the right direction. More and more people taking advantage and, and getting vaccinated, and you know we're, we're we're in April, so still plenty of time to uh, to get that taken care of, and, and we're hopeful for the fall. Uh, let's talk about the spring, Michael. Sure. Uh, a lot of the SEC teams have been, uh, you know, having their spring practices. A couple of them already finished already, but. Uh, what have you seen so far out at Alabama? I know a lot of focus has been on the quarterback and, and Bryce Young, but what are the overall takeaways through the first uh, handful of days or weeks of Alabama spring practice?
2: Yeah, that's a good question, because when we ask what I've seen, I've seen absolutely nothing that we've <laughs> been uh, allowed to see. <laughs> Only what they've been releasing in video that's been edited by the school. So we have, we have, you know, unlike some of the programs, we've actually had public practices where anybody from anywhere can come in and watch in the stadium. Uh, the policies at Alabama for this spring remain the same as they were in the fall. Um, No in-person media viewing periods, you know, the two or 15 minutes or so that we would get traditionally. That's uh, still um, not happening this spring. So um, there's, there's not much we've been able to see with our own or nothing. We've seen our own two eyes, but I think it's there's, you know, it's, it's a kind of situation where the offense is, is having to fill a lot of holes That's that that we know that we can see Um, that there's and there's a lot of injuries on top of uh, players going pro offensive line has, you know, one and a half starters back Um, receivers. I mean, uh, Slade Bolden is the most experienced receiver out there right now with John Mechie out with an injury this spring. So, um, you know, it's a chance. This is a, a recruiting class that was ranked number one. All time, you know, according to some of these recruiting services. So, a lot of those guys, the 15 guys who enrolled earlier, are definitely getting a chance to uh, see what it's all about pretty quickly.
1: It's amazing, Michael, that the, you know, Nick Saban is the one constant. And obviously, look, he's the best to ever do it. He's the best currently doing it. But does it boggle your mind that he is able to replace as many position coaches on a yearly basis as he does? And yet, it seems like they never miss a beat. Yeah, I mean, I think
2: that's um, that's really it's notable. It's hard to ignore that that you see programs like Clemson who have uh, they've sustained success for a good you know five, six, seven years now, and they've done it largely with um, by by keeping by retaining a lot of their assistant coaches and keeping things uh, pretty uh, uniform in that sense. So yeah, I, I think it's it's very difficult to to have different guys, different you know there are some years they bring in a wave of assistant coaches that are younger. And um, this year they have a bunch of former NFL head coaches just last year we're head coaches and Doug Marone and uh, O'Brien. So it's, it's interesting to see how, um, how many different guys come through the the different backgrounds that they bring to the program and that, that all, you know, for the most part, I mean, it's, you know, hard to find too many major uh, failures in that sense.
1: You you touched on the quarterbacks a minute ago, and it, uh, look, obviously Bryce Young, very highly heralded and highly thought of. It's crazy to think though, because you know Tua seemed like he was the full package, and he was you know going to be the best quarterback Alabama's ever seen, and and he did look very good and had a great career. Uh, but it was almost like Mac Jones one upped him and took it to another level with the passing yards, the touchdowns, and then obviously going undefeated, winning the national championship. Um, is it crazy to think that Bryce Young may be the best out of all the recent quarterbacks at Alabama?
2: Yeah, no, it's interesting he kinda comes in with um I mean, technically he could still have four more years. Not that, you know, if things go as planned, he wouldn't be here for four more years, but um that he's gonna have he had that one year to to learn, uh, to back up. Didn't get as many playing as much playing time as he normally would without the non conference teams, but yeah. You could see that there was some some real potential there, and he has time to develop. You know, he's not a rookie, number one draft pick who has to come in and save a, a franchise who doesn't know what they're doing. So he's had time to learn, um, time to progress, and you know, presumably, you know, it's really hard to imagine anyone else starting other than him, barring injury this 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 fall. But you know, he's got a, a good arm, smart. You could tell Saban really liked him. Personality um, right away as a recruit as a signee, um, so yeah, it's it's. Uh, I know a lot of people are excited to see what he's going to look like, and that that uh, spring game in a week and a half is going to be you know something a lot of people are going to want to see.
1: More with Michael Casagrande right after this. Bet online the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football is over. College basketball is now over. The NBA still got uh, several more weeks of that. Well, the playoffs before you know know it. And then, uh, of course, college football and NFL futures. You can get in on that. Feeling good about Alabama winning the national championship? You can put some odds on that. Or... You know, got a team in the NFL that you like a lot. Maybe the Falcons will have a meteoric rise. Or the Saints will come back with Jameis Winston at quarterback and get to the Super Bowl. You can do all of that at BetOnline.ag. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has got you covered with all the news, scores, and odds. It is the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to their website right now. You can use your mobile device. Sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using the promo code LockedOn. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. It's betonline. They are your online sportsbook experts. Hey, it's April and Locked On NFL Network of Podcasts. They are shifting into draft mode. April 19th through the 26th. Tune into the ultimate mock draft 2021. Featuring analysis from NFL experts Michael Irvin, Brian Baldinger, Michael Lombardi. Stay tuned for more info about where you can find the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Odyssey and the Locked On Podcast Network. Continuing our conversation with Michael Casagrande of uh, AL.com and Michael switching gears, uh, just looking at the SEC as a whole. If I told you you could only watch one other spring game, not Alabama, but one of the other schools in the SEC, who would you want to watch their spring game, in other words, who are you most intrigued to see uh, this off season? Yeah, that's
2: interesting. I think George's is always George's always interesting. Um, see how JT Daniels looks. Um, Auburn, I mean, I'm kind of curious about Auburn with a whole new coaching staff, a whole new philosophy. What's what are they going to look like? Because you've kind of seen, you know, over the past decade or so, they've had a pretty consistent feel for how they run recent offense. So curious to see what. A new Auburn uh, would look like. Um, so yeah, maybe I'll say Auburn.
1: Yeah, I think I'm with you there. Just with all the new coaches, and I think nobody really knows what to expect with with Brian Harson there. Um, how intrigued are you with LSU? They bring back a lot this season. Obviously, they they lost a lot of games last year, did not go well, but they rebounded and won the last two games of the season. Bringing back their whole offensive line, defensive line. Um, you know, their schedule is going to be tough, but. What do you make of uh, LSU heading into next year? Yeah,
2: and I have lost some receivers, um, Eric Gilbert, tight end, but the, the quarterback Johnson was he was spinning the ball pretty well at the end of the season. I think he kind of gave them hope for um, for something for for a better, more consistent season after last year. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Yeah, LSU is there. There's always talent around there. There's always talent in that state. Um, it's a matter of getting it all together, and you know they, they did it a few years ago, and uh, you know it's it's a program that's it's a can swing have wild swings back and forth, but when they're good, they're they're great.
1: A lot could change from now through December. I think everybody expects Georgia to be the team to beat in the East, but it, if somebody else was not somebody not named Georgia was playing in Atlanta in December, who would it be in your mind right now?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think Florida would have to be, unless I'm forgetting somebody. Yeah, I mean, the other programs are not necessarily where in that that realm. Um, unless I'm forgetting, uh, you know, Tennessee, Kentucky, and those guys. Missouri, I don't think any of those guys are ready for for that step. So I'd say I'd say Georgia. Florida, Florida.
1: Yeah, it, it's, it seems like it's been a, that two horse race in the East for for so long. Um, I'm talking with Michael Casagrande, al. dot uh, Just one more note on uh, on Alabama over in basketball. I saw you tweeted this out. Uh, that Alabama is the number one team in the Washington Post preseason basketball rankings, and it, it's just crazy to think because I saw the Vegas odds come out after you know Baylor wins the title, and okay, Gonzaga is the favorite to be back there and win it all, but Alabama's right up there, and you know looks like Nate Oates has built a, a program that is going to be built to. Uh, You know, for longevity, they're they're basically saying this isn't a one hit wonder. They're not just going to be this team that made this meteoric rise one year. Um, It does seem like they are set up set up for long term success now.
2: Yeah, and it's uh, it's crazy to think. I mean, I don't know. Number one might be a little bit overstating it. (laughs) Uh, The looked at a bunch of the different the real early preseason talk and top ten. You know, seven, eight, nine is more consensus, but. Yeah, I mean, they just got another uh, commitment today from top 30, uh, 6'11 guy, um, another guy from Canada. I think this will be their third guy who's uh, at least passed through the country of Canada, so doing well with those guys. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's a brand of basketball that that excites players. It's, it's a kind of up-tempo shoot, you know, high-intensity, you know, fun kind of basketball that it seems like... If you're a guard, if you're a shooting guard, if you want to play up tempo, uh, it seems to fit with what what players want to do. So um, he's an interesting coach, interesting guy. Um, so yeah, it's it's uh, quite a turnaround for the decade or you know or so that I was here that they were, you know, at best first round, second round. That, that only happened twice um, in my time here before this year going to Sweet Sixteen. So uh definitely the expectation level is. Is changing.
1: Yeah, I called them the, the Golden State Warriors of college basketball. They were so fun to watch <laughs> this year, shooting up all those threes. But uh, we'll see uh, if they sustain that success. Michael l.com uh, Anything particular you're working on this week on the website?
2: Uh, we're working on a bigger project. I don't know if I can really talk about it yet, but they'll, they'll be dropping on Monday, uh, coming up every Monday for the next four weeks. Um, it's going to be pretty good. Video series with some written stuff about uh, one of the, the Alabama draft prospects. I think it's going to be pretty, uh, pretty good.
1: Uh, last one for you. I got to just throw that in. Mac, Mac Jones. I mean, it's so amazing how everybody has talked in recent weeks about you know is he going to go? He he went from basically Michael back into the first round to you know somewhere in the top ten, top fifteen to now you know talks of him top five. It's crazy how these guys rise by so much, having not played any games, you know, since the season ended, right?
2: Yeah, and that's so much of this draft stuff. There's, there's a lot of information, misinformation. There's a lot of jockeying for position, and a lot of a lot of head games going on out there with uh, what information gets out and what people are thinking about what. So it's it's kind of it's you take a lot of it with a grain of salt because you know it's there's a lot going on there. And um, but yeah, I mean, he's he's definitely. Um, He's a guy who's going to impress in interviews. Teams are going to like him when they talk to him. Uh, so, I can see where um, you know a team would enjoy his the, the cerebral side of his
1: game. Michael, great stuff, man. Really appreciate you uh, taking the time out today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks so much. It's uh, Michael Casagrande of uh, AL.com. does a tremendous job over there. As do uh, all the guys covering all things. Of course, you know they have a focus on uh, Alabama, but. Uh, covering a, a lot around the SEC, and they do a, a really fantastic job there. All right, that is just about going to do it for this edition of Locked on SEC. Appreciate you guys for listening, and give us a follow wherever you find your podcast. Just search Locked on SEC, and you'll find us there. Here for you five days a week talking all things SEC. And we'll be getting back into more SEC football talk in the coming weeks as we uh, start to look ahead. Summer months upon us. We May, June, July, three months away from SEC Media Days. And once we hit that, you know the countdown is on and it is almost the start of another college football season. I'm Chris Gordy. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Have a great day out there, everybody.